Shame is real. Shame is everywhere. Shame affects everyone. Shame is your enemy. Shame is my enemy. Shame is a killer. A killer of dreams. Shame is the reason for most of your fears. Shame never goes away. The only way to win shame is to talk about it. For shame cannot shame the shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Podcast with Ajiwali Uluwatun. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Shameless Podcast. My name remains Ajewole Oluwatoni and with what we do here is discuss everything about shame, vulnerability and you know ask difficult questions. Yeah. Today we have a special person in the house. Her name is Oyinlola Lawa and I've known Oyin for about, hmm, about seven years. That's since 2014. And um, you know, she's been all shades of amazing and inspirational. And also funny too, you know, she knows how to how to make me laugh. Right. And um I brought her in today so that we can talk about shame, experiences, you know, how she's been able to overcome it. And um, I will not do you know, I don't do introduction for people. So Oi, introduce yourself to us. Okay, hello everybody. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Like, so good to be here. But today I'm not going to you know, crack jokes because. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> my name is Inola Lawal, like Tony said. I. What do I do? Well, I do a number of things. I do a number of things. But above all, I guess I am a. I would say I pass as a content creator. I I write. I I'm a teacher. Yes, basically everybody knows that I am a teacher. And yeah, I I'll define myself as a builder because over time I've been able to incorporate a lot of or a number, not a lot, still going, yeah, getting there. <laughs> a number of uh communities, uh, training sessions in order to build people in various aspects, ranging from life generally to writing and to finances. Yeah, so currently I, okay, so let me do another introduction based on things I, uh, or portfolio I have at the moment. So I am currently the uh, President-elect of the Lady with Balls Money Gang, and that's a financial affiliate, a body of members, about 120 of us that are looking at, or that, that are joined together in order to be financially liberated. So, basically, the essence of Elder Baby Money Gang is to to build up people financially to be independent, to be smart and focused. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that aside, I am also the founder of a book club, Vidali Book Club. Um, and what we do basically is come together to be better readers because I know you know the popular slang readers are leaders, it's actually true because um, it is what you have inside of you that you be able to push out and you can't really have anything inside of you if you do not read and that is the focus of the reader um, book club. Uh, aside from that, if I have a recent kind of baby that focused on accountability and growth and it's an accountability community to the exponential community basically the idea behind this one is uh ensuring that people are able to smash their goals they're able to talk about challenges this while with a community of people that care that are able to profess solutions and also celebrate our wins whenever we have them so yes that is that has a long and sort of things i do presently I am currently the civil writing specialist at Jobberman and Gia. That's where I work and make money to make ends meet. <laughs> I also do freelance content creation. Yeah. Yes, that, that about sums it up. I, I want to assure you guys that Oyi has just been very open. I know she still has a lot of uh, portfolio that she didn't want to share with us. Well, it's fine. This one is enough to keep us going. And, and, uh, um, Oye did not talk about me. I thought she would say she would talk about how she knew me and all of that, but it's fine. Um, so let's just get to uh-uh. business. <laughs> you like the long answer of everything, you know? <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Ah, I, I, I would like, I, how, how could I have forgotten to talk? I know, I, was, I thought you knew. Trying to follow the status quo, you ask for an introduction. Okay, yes, so Tony. Ah, the first time I met Tony. Hey, God. I was like, ah, this is still handsome, intelligent guy. Oh, my. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, okay, let's see what happens. Then he actually had a sister. <laughs> you came you were fresh as then. You both went to work, by the way. You get testified. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so yes, it was. It's called upon me by the executive because he wasn't a leader. He wasn't an executive. Yes, he's, he has always always a leader. Tony is one great leader, him. but he wasn't holding the leadership position right while well, before. It felt like he was a leader, so it was quite easy for you know me to meet up with Tony. A lot of other, a lot of my colleagues too had this kind of rapport with him because Tony is ever ready to listen, ever ready to help. Of course, he's always busy, but he always makes time for you. And ah, Tony is one of the world's best orgas, you know, those times. So it's always a pleasure to have any organs every day. Oh, your problems, your academic problems are just temporarily fit away. So hey. yes, it's coming again an awesome person. Really amazing. My, my truth really is... good to be on this podcast because... <laughs> it's okay. My... Joke. <laughs> <laughs> it restricts your lungs. Have you so far gone? I'm blushing like a fool, yeah. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Thank you very much. Really. Um, <laughs> it's allowed, but really, it's all true. It's all true. Thank, thank you very much. I'm flattered. And um, um, like I said, Oya has been an amazing person, right? She has always been industrious. She has always been outspoken, you know. And funny, most importantly, you can't be with Oya and not smile and not laugh. And I think that's... that's... Well, I almost said it. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
You anyway, see that? Yes, I, I, everybody, I, I generally like to laugh, so it just follows that I generally like to make people laugh. So, so you know, she's she's contagious that way. All right, Owen. Thank you very much for coming on the show once again. Um, so, to just get right into our discussion of today, all right. Um, what before we we, we start the talking and talking and talking, what do you define as shame? All right. So for me, I'd say shame is more of a a mental a mental construct brought about by uh, psychological um, effects, societal views and the likes. So to me, shame is anything that is telling me that, no, you are not doing this well. No, you, can, you, you, actually, can, you actually can do this better. Or a situation where I just don't feel like doing it. You know, I don't want to do a thing because it feels like there's someone out there that is going to do this thing better than I'm doing it. Or there's someone that is even doing it already. So why do I have to do this? If at the end of the day, I'm, I will probably not be able to achieve as much as the person that has done it in the past. So yes, I'll say shame is more of an internal force telling you that you can't do this. You can't do this. Or there's someone else doing this better than you are doing this. Okay. Okay, so so just just to get it clearly, right? You mentioned the fact that uh, you, you you made the definition of shame sound as though shame is positive and negative. Am I correct? Ah uh, yes, shame can be a positive thing and a negative thing, but overall, shame would first be seen as something negative. So uh, of course. Sorry, sorry. I want you to you know expatiate on that better. All right. Okay, so shame, in some instances, you know, we have shame, just as criticism, where we have criticism that can be constructive in a way that it helps you to um, see areas that you can improve on and then uh, get better. Where we have criticism also that is negative, that just tends to pull you down and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not for me. I can't do this. That's the same way with shame. For shame, you either have to say, I cannot be shamed, like I cannot shame the shame, you cannot shame the shameless, or, and then decide that, okay, whatever it is, as long as I feel this particular thing, because for shame now, it is more of that voice telling you that you are not doing this well. And then it becomes positive, this kind of voice becomes positive when you are able to pay attention to the voice and try to see how those things that the voice is saying that, okay, you can't do this, and try to see how you can, maximize maximize efforts in that particular thing because that would take it or leave it those um voices societal or internal that try to tell us that we are not doing something well or that try to shame us into not doing something well they are actually valid they are valid in the sense that they actually matter one way or the other but it all lies on you um to um yield that kind of shame in such a way that you can achieve optimally from it so if a voice is telling me that i can't do a particular thing or oh i should just go and sit down like there's someone doing it and i they definitely have to, or i should i should pay attention to why the voice is telling me i can't do this or what are the background reasons to why this voice is telling me 
uh, no, this is not possible. And then the moment I'm able to act that um, voice, the shame voice within and also without, that's externally, I'll be able to come up with, let me say, strategies. I'm actually a very strategic person. I try to do things based on, okay, I write them out. This is going to work because of this. This is not going to work because of this. So I'm able to make, make strategic actions based on that voice of shame saying, I can't do this. And then that is when shame becomes uh, positive because at that point, I'll, I've been able to see the things that shame is trying to point out to me and I'm able to work on it. So yes, shame, negative, turning positive based on the fact that I listened to the voice and picked out only the things that would against me by strategizing on them. So, 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 so I, I like, I like your, your, um, your, your school of thought, right? Um, it's new to me and I, I, I just want to be clear. So you're saying when shame is thrown at you, either from from yourself or from society, your job is not to discard it. Either is your, your first job is not to discard it or to accept it. Your first job is to drill into it, to find out what the shame is trying to say. You know, you're, you're trying to like you're trying to drill it down to the lowest levels to understand what that shame entails before you now decide if you are going to discard or to accept it. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, that is it basically. Yes, basically, because shame actually, either we take it or leave it, shame cannot be discarded. It will be somewhere, like somewhere, somewhere. Either you work on it or not, it will be somewhere, somewhere. So it just lies on you to try to work on it so that when it comes, you won't be pushed to the wall. You know that you're anticipating this because it is somewhere already that you are already taking note of it. Yes, so that is what I mean basically. That shame cannot be discarded and it can be Okay, okay. Sorry, I think I think I, I, I must have missed something. Right. You're saying we should we cannot discard shame. Right? Is yes, that what you're we saying? We cannot discard shame. So if for instance someone a, a, a negative shame is thrown at us, right? What do we do with it? Do we accept it? If you say we cannot discard it. Well, you know, discard is not a direct opposite of um, accept. Explain discard. What do you mean discard? Discard is forgetting totally about something. Forgetting totally about something and not even taking anything. So I would say, by by me saying uh, we shouldn't discard um, shame, we shouldn't discard shame because I'm saying this because if we choose to discard it and it means that it is actually useless to us and we do not see any kind of a uh, um, good thing out of it at all so it's something that okay we just forget about the shame meanwhile the thing is many of these things that we discard they might one way or the other come to answers in the future say for instance i am i am i feel maybe i want to start i want to start the podcast now and then i feel like i and i'm feeling ashamed like Oh, I don't have the right diction, I don't have the right uh, words, I don't have the right phrases to catch people, to give ballast podcast and to get the audience I require. And then that shame is there and I just, it comes up and then I'm like, because I just want to be positive because we are positive all the way, I just decide to discard it, discard that feeling of shame I already feel. One way or the other, it might come in when I start a podcast and then 
when people begin to give comments and say, ah, let's let's probably assume that I am not, I don't have good diction or I don't have the right way to phrase words. One way or the other, when people begin to say, oh, this person cannot, um, this person cannot even speak very well. Why? What? What do does she have starting a podcast when she should actually be somewhere learning how to speak better? By the time that kind of uh, criticism comes in, it is it is likely the case that I'll begin to feel self-doubt and I'm like, oh, and I already said, I already felt something like that. I already felt that my diction was not good enough. If only I had thought about it further, I would have decided to take more training, more preparation so that my diction can come out fine. So that way, I don't know if you get the, um, the kind of scenario I'm trying to paint. If, but that's if after discarding that kind of voice of shame, saying I cannot do this, and then mm. it happens that the same shame that I was fearing in the past now comes to, to, to focus and then, and I'm like, oh, if only I'd worked on it some other time. So that is not so, me accepting the word, okay? So I, I think I think it's just the, the word, right? So with your explanation now, you are saying, instead of using this card, I think we should not ignore shame. I think ignore is more appropriate in the sense that um, when shame is thrown at you, you don't, because of the international machine is you need to investigate it. You know, is this something I need to work on? You know, is this something I need to get better on? Right? If yeah. the answer is yes, then you know you need to get at it. Yeah. Right? The, uh, okay, it, yes, I think it ignore works fine. Did I get it? Ignore works fine, yes. But not yes, actually, we're on the same page. Okay. That makes me say. That makes me say. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea that we should be strategic in the way we you know, accept shame. You know, before now, I would have thought that when somebody throws something bad at you, what you need to do is just discard or ignore it, right? And if it's something good, you know, you accept it. Now it makes sense that you drill down into it to know what exactly that person is saying. What did somebody see for that person to say? I am not good enough, right? And you know, and all of those things. It makes so, so Oi, right? I want you to give me a peculiar example of when you've been shamed and how you're handling it, if you did. Mm. Ah, let me see, let me see, let me see. Ah, so I'm old in this life, so I'm trying to. Try to. I'm trying to go down in down memory lane to see a time where I've been shamed. Yeah, I've been shamed. All right. I think I'll just pay. Um, um. I think I'll just focus more on my speaking career. Speaking, I know, like I have a like my speaking career. Let me just talk about how my speaking engagement started in life. All right. So, why ever from um ever from um, childhood or since I was in primary school yes in primary school right down to secondary school i used to have um you know quiz and debate let me focus on debates because i had a lot of debating oh debating engagements while growing up let me even focus on secondary school since it's more recent than primary school so in secondary school i attended quite a lot of debates in junior secondary school and senior secondary school and then while growing up i had this particular challenge yeah, and that's the fact that I used to speak very fast. Okay, I, I know I still speak fast, but compared to the past, like compared to some 10, 15 years ago, I spoke way faster than I do now. 
like I would have spoken three sentences and then someone won't be able to even pick one. They'll be like, what did you say? What did you say? And then I was I was also I, I was soft spoken though. So it was easier for me to um repeat what people what um, repeat what I've said and people did not hear. But at times it could be it could be frustrating because I mean I'll, I'll feel like oh time I'm spending repeating this thing that I'm saying, even though it sounds like I'm speaking normally to myself, I'm not speaking so fast to myself. Why can't they I would have used that time to you know do something else instead of trying to explain. Okay, so now narrowing it down to debate. It was the case that during rehearsals and all, you know, you had not not all students are normal. <laughs> And everybody is normal. You have we have rehearsals and then maybe fellow debaters or hey, hey, just to be clear, is this university days or secondary school? No, secondary school. I didn't do debating. I didn't debate in the university. Ah, uh, no. I'm I'm talking about secondary school debate now. Secondary school debate and or you know, inter school debates, inter-class debates. Yeah. And inter-district debates too. I had a lot okay. of debating engagements, yes. So now talking about the times we used to do rehearsals and everything like debating practice and all that we had some abnormal students that would be like ah 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 nobody's going to hear your point are you arguing or something you know, it feels like i would have said something and then it feels like no they did not hear me how am i going to argue my point when i get out there to you know to... what are the, the opposing party so it feels like if those that are here in the school cannot even hear you comfortably well even if you have been with us for a while how would you be able to make your points out there when it's time to debate and all that? Okay, so although yes, it came more from students actually, then it was more my teachers were actually lenient, probably because they wanted the name of the glory of the school to shine. So they were more lenient in their in their um, feedback. So they just tend to always tell me, speak calmly, you can you have we, we have you know you have your point, but speak calmly so you can get there. But students sometimes, they, I know there are more students than teachers now, so it was quite, it was quite difficult at times to just want to go out and debate because she was like, oh God, people are going to say I'm speaking so fast again. People are going to say I'm speaking so fast again. And then, I guess at a point, I almost, almost, almost gave in to that shame. I almost gave in to that shame because there was a time, there was a point where I just decided that I was not going to begin debate. So when they say, okay, debating thing, come out, let's do something. It's that time I would realize that I wanted to quickly do something for a teacher. And then I actually started paying more attention to essay, to essay writing. So I, I just, I was more involved in essay competitions. That was the time where I felt, I don't think my voice is made for debate. This was around USS3. So I, I paid more attention to essay. So if they call me, come and do debate, I'll, I'll be like, I have to do something. Like so I was, I just, it was one way or the other, me telling myself that I don't think, Debates works for me. Let me let me let me go through another route, and then I started doing more of essays and all. And that is why that was that is one avenue where I was able to build my uh, writing skill and uh, proficiency over time. But then when I got to senior secondary school and I was made a social prefect, <laughs> I couldn't ignore the shame again because when I had to be on the assembly ground at varying points and I needed to speak, and that was when I started deciding that. Okay, let me try to rehearse this and speak slowly for the benefit of those people that cannot hear me clearly. So, and then I started speaking slowly and I decided to ignore the shame that comes with speaking too fast and all that. And then, yes, here we are. See. I'm not as slow as some other people, but <laughs> I am definitely 
forward and I used to talk some years back. So, so using your, your definition of shame, right? I want you to break this experience, right? I, 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 I your experience is very relatable, and I think it's something a lot of fasters get off, right? But using your definition, I want you to break. You know how you're able to, you know, um, handle that shame experience using the definition you just gave. All right. Okay. So I define shame as a voice telling you can't do something, you can't do something. And then, okay, let's talk about, let me narrow it down to my experiences now. So as a fast speaker, it was that, the voice of shame for me was people telling me I'm speaking too fast for the opponents to hear, for the panel of judges to pick my points. For anybody at all to even say I'm saying something. That was the shame for me. That was a shame for me. And then I, I took up the shame, actually. No, not, not take up as in accept the shame. I took up the shame in such a way that I was able to say, okay, so I speak too fast for people to hear. How can I, how can I, how can I fight this shame? How can I fight this shame that people keep throwing at me? And then I decided to take it upon myself to start speaking slowly. That is me taking cognizance because if I was going to ignore shame, if I was going to ignore that shame, then I would have most likely still be speaking as fast as I used to speak 10 years ago. But I didn't ignore the shame. I decided to work on it primarily. And then that was when I started talking more to Miro. And I'm like, okay, let me play this. So it was later on in life that I started using uh, videos. So then I would say, I would do a video rehearsal and then see that, okay, I'm speaking too fast. And then I do another. So that was what I started doing. Although this was later on, as at when I was trying to fight this shame, what I needed to do was keep talking to the mirror and asking my younger ones or my siblings that, okay, am I speaking too fast? Although it was actually quite difficult for them to place that kind of shame because we've been living together. Like we're, we literally like, grew, up, grew up together. So they don't feel like I'm speaking too fast since they are used to it. Yeah. So there are times that I just have to talk to people that I, will, I didn't really have so much close relationship with. So they'll be able to pick that, okay, I'm speaking faster than the average person. So this was me trying to go out of my way to get people that would listen to me while I speak and tell me, okay, calm down, you're speaking too fast. So one, I I recognize, I recognize the shame of, it's not really a shame anyway, the shame of speaking too fast that people identify. So I took it upon myself to focus on the shame points. Three, I built up myself trying to speak slower than normal so people can get better experiences hearing from me. And I'm also able to get more satisfaction not having to repeat all I have to repeat so that people can hear from me. That makes it way, way relatable, right? So uh, one of the things, yeah, like like the example you gave for instance now, you witnessed that shame, that shame experience happened in the school, right? Um, yeah. One, one, one of the things I found out is the fact that shame happens mostly you know, yeah, at home and in school. That means it's perpetrated by teachers, by students, by our parents. You know, what, what, is your, what, what is your experience growing up in terms of how people use shame, you know, to want to discipline people, to want to shame people, and to want to make people do better? Did, did you have such, such experiences? And if you did, did they affect you? Um, sorry, can you come again? Experience where people... Okay, so shame is mostly perpetrated, you know, in the schools and at home, right? Yeah, society, yes, okay. 
you know, that's where we grow up most, mostly. We are always either at home or we are in school, right? Yeah, and there's this culture, there's this practice whereby people, people, people believe, especially older generations, they believe that um, shame is is integral, right? In training people to do better, getting people to be their best. You know, shame is integral, in, you know. In, in, in training in, in, in summary, right? So I, I'm asking now that did you have such experience where shame was used on you, you know, a couple of times just to make you do better, to want to make you, you know, um, um, learn, maybe to punish you and all of those things. Did you have such experience? And if you did, you know, do you think that was the best way to go about it? Ah. Of course I did. In this Nigeria, I don't think there's anybody who would have had that kind of experience where maybe you you had your exams and then you went home with your results, which was not good enough or not up to standard. And then your parents sees it and goes, ah, the other that carried first position, does she have to wait? Oh like it, I mean, it's actually sweeter in Europe when I say when 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 my when, when my dad says um um Colade Tony Tobe Tobe Fest show or you know that kind of scenario where people where your parents I'm I'm talking about family shame now or shame that comes from your family people. <laughs> so yes, I did experience that the few times, just few times, like very few times where I did not scale first position, second position, because I was, yes, I was a premium student. I used to carry first year and year, like that, like that. <laughs> Even if I just say to myself that, by the way. All right, so, but the few times where I didn't do well, the few times when I had fourth position, no, I had, fourth, I had fourth position once, and the only time in my life when I had seventh position, for reasons I am not even able to determine yet. So that time I had seventh position. Ah, God, it was terrible. God, it was terrible. Anything like this. Maybe I'm trying to walk past my dad and I'm doing something. Maybe I'm eating my nails. It was like, it's because of that nails that you're not carrying first position. Or maybe I'm sleeping too much. Like, ah, you see, when your mates, when your mates are reading, you are sleeping. That shame was there for that seven position. Oh, ah, God. I, I, <laughs> I had that shame experience that time because it was more, more or less. That's shame now. It's not like yeah. you. It's not like them telling me, ah, this your result is not good. You can do better. It was them telling me those people that carried first position. What were they doing? How yeah. did they carry first position? What were you, what are you doing with your life that you cannot carry first position? So that was yes, that was a kind of shame that I, I grew up with. The times I did not do well academically. Did you? Did you of did course, you? I feel it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think you just have the question. Of course, I feel it's just. Yeah, I, I feel it's not the best way to, to challenge people to be better. Shame, shame. Of course, it's my one way or the other because of our kind of society. And you know that it's going to be frustrating when your parents keep telling you the person that carried first is not, is the person not, the person have forehead. But it's not really the best way because, I mean, thinking about it now, I still feel, I still feel like, ah, uh-uh, what's this comparison game all about? I mean, I've been carrying first, something happened and I just carried second, seventh. Even me myself, I still feel the seventh position. Like I still feel like, oh God, this is this is really below standard for me. And then all you have to do is to so keep rubbing it in, rubbing it in in such a way that I'm like, oh God, oh God, like is this is this is this is it can be done better. So yes, it's something I'll definitely when I when I do decide to have 
my kids. It's something I would definitely not want to inculcate in my children. I would definitely not tell not tell one child that see your sister had had um, 99% and you are having 67%. So I'm not going to do that. I'll just try to come from the angle of from that angle of love because I feel I mean if you love. Oh, yeah, yeah, we love, we love, we love, but I mean, the way we express our love differs. But okay. I feel like love, that kind of love where you are able, you are happy to, not like you are happy, but you are not scared to approach your parents to tell them that this is what happened. But okay. I know I can do better. Okay. That kind so, of love where you are so saturated in, and then you know that even if you have that kind of bad you have a kind of. Yeah, you have you, you have a kind you have that kind of support system where they would encourage you, look out for the open areas and ensure that you do not have to go through that kind of shame of carrying a lower position or a position beneath you. So no, I don't think shame is shame has never been the way to go and it should never ever okay. be the way to go. No. I, 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 I agree with you, right? So um I, I know you know my younger brother Luwali. Do you? Have I mentioned him to you before? Yes. Okay. So myself and myself, myself and Wale were in the same um were in the same class, right? All through secondary school. And um Wale is naturally intelligent, right? Me like this. Uh, oh god. <laughs> right? eh, 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 eh. And, it's a lie. <laughs> Effective intelligence has another definition. You, yeah. that are looking so, up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, it's as easy for Wally, right? When it comes to schoolwork, it, it's very easy for him. Even to now, you graduate with the first class, right? From um, chemical engineering and all of that, okay. yeah. So, but for me, it was not that easy when it comes to academics, right? It wasn't really, really something that. I had so much interest in, right? So at the point, I was doing very well. Like throughout GS2, now I had first, first, first in my class. When it was in, you know, I used to do GS1A, GS2B, and GS1B. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. So getting, you know, first. So when we get to, maybe we get our results, the first thing they want is to compare the percentage, right? Since we can't compare based on um, position, since we're in different classes. <laughs> And stuff like that. And another another instance, right, was um, when I wrote GC. I think I failed the subject, right. And Wally wrote GC and he passed. He cleared all his papers. And we're like, "Is that not your younger brother?" <laughs> right. Man, it messed me up. <laughs> it messed me up, right? You know. But I can imagine it's like. I, I was able to deal with it because I already knew academics was not my strength, right? I already understood strength and weakness at a very young age, right? So I was trying to capitalize on my strength and, you know, and do whatever I can do for my weakness, but I wanted my strength to be more prominent, but it really affected my self-esteem, you know, as a person. Yeah, that's, look at your younger, right? It, it, made it, it made it look like, well, he's going to be my superior. Right, which in itself is not even bad. So, for instance, if Wally becomes way richer than me, right, it is not bad itself. But they began to make me want to compete with him. You. you know that com- competing mindset, right? And took it took a lot of awareness to be able to come on. If Wally is rich, 
is to my benefit, you know. If I don't have money, I know who I'll go. So so I, I really subscribe to you know um you know treating students and children with love, you know, especially when they do not do well in school. Not everybody's academically you know, um um able, right? And and one of the things that I would like to that I would advise normally is you know, if a child comes home with 14 position or seventh position, what you should do should be to talk with the child. What do you think you can do better? Where do you think you got it from? What subject are you having difficulty? You know, it's, it's a build-up process and we need to treat our children like as such. And it's good you brought this up, right? So this okay. this you know, having a child, you know, is relating to marriage. Right. So I'll ask you this question, Oi. Yeah, taking it away from the child. I, I hope we're able to come back, but I want to ask you this yeah. question while the blood is hot okay. now. If you okay. if you, you and your husband, for instance, now you have a, a gross salary, a monthly salary of um um uh, maybe like five hundred K every month, right? And all of a sudden you get a job that is taking you only you to about 1.5 million naira, right? And your husband, that means your husband will still be on like 250 or 300k, right? And he's telling you not to collect that job because he's the man of the house. What are you doing? Mm. 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 I'm already like you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I would answer the question. But first of all, I don't think, honestly speaking, at this age I've got to, so I don't think I would get married to a whole plant that would have that kind of uh, mentality. That, mm-hmm. that kind of mentality that uh, my wife has to earn more than I do. I think. Well, I have now, to earn more than, more than what my wife does. I have to, I don't think I can. I mean, I've never dated someone like that, so I don't think I'm supposed to end up in marriage. God is faithful. You won't allow me to fall into that kind of evil. But in a situation where... <laughs> but I know that these things don't happen, actually. These things don't happen. So again, in a situation where something like this happens... Hey, let me, let me help you, right? So it's good to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely good. It's easy to act. You know, it's easy for somebody to say that uh uh-uh, is not in when they are not in that position. Yes. If the opportunity comes at that point in time, right? One spirit to just come into you know how all of these things work now. Right? So it's good to be optimistic. I just thought to share what what will you do if you're in that kind of situation. Ah. Well, meeting you. Ah. Tell me why. Do you see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not against submission in marriage, but see, like I said, I'm a very strategic person. For every, for a reason why, you can't tell me that the reason why you want me to drop a job that is paying better, that will pay better, and you will help our lives better, because I mean, we are one already in marriage. The only reason why you want me to not take up that job is because it's going to affect your manship or your eldership brother in the marriage. If there is any other reason aside from that, aside from that, 
I'm willing to explore and see how we can uh, come to an agreement. But if it is the one of manship, oh, mm-hmm. ah, 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 come on. Hey, ah, well, really, well, I'm not going to ask somebody like that, but if that kind of situation happens, ah, this is such a dicey question. It's such a dicey question because I love love. Because I love love. Ah. But if you're talking about money that is triple or even more than triple and you don't have any other reason that you are the man of the house, we have to explain another reason because I'm so going to take that job. Except if we are going to agree that I'm not taking that job because you have another job like that, that kind of money that you're taking immediately. As I'm well, rejecting, you are accepting that kind of job that has that money. But we, no well, we, even if he's going to get that kind of job, right? Mm-hmm. That means you guys will be three million naira richer. That's even true. If both of us, ah, uh-uh. what? That's true. Okay, you to get in the job. If he can accept his own. Hmm? What did you say? I said, what is stopping you from accepting your job if he can accept his own new job? I'm not saying I'm going to stop. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going. To, I'm not going to accept that job. <laughs> I'm not said so. I've not said so. I said if it is a if there's another reason I'm willing to explore, but if it is about manship. I know, I know. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to say okay, so I've I've heard stories, especially in all of these Yoruba news, where they say the the man the woman wanted to go for a better job and the man was like, We can't go there, they will stay this particular what is it? Yeah. And the woman stayed because of so one of I asked this question in, on almost all of the podcast sessions, right? And somebody said that if man does not have sense, right, she's going to teach the man, right? Yeah. Do you know what? One point five million naira would do to our life. Like we we can live more comfortably. You know, we can leave this out. We can go for trips to Dubai to the Maldives to you know to good places and so one of the things I, I, I realized in that discussion was that a lot of men you know will be scared of what the public will say about them. Yeah so is a wife that is funding us now. Is a wife that is sorry is a wife that is funding you now is a wife if they feel like a new car right the, the next day what you is the wife. Do you get what I'm saying? What, what do you what so you're, I you're referring to men is the ego that um, typical men feel now the men ego yeah is narrow, right? yeah do, do you okay, think so do you think that's correct that men do feel fear about um, women and it, uh, the men are scared of women with higher hanging power is that the question uh, so that's not the question directly I'm saying do you think when a man refuses his wife now to take up a better job opportunity that will better their life, right? Do you think it's an issue of of shame? Ah, uh, I think it's yes. I think shame would have a larger part to play in that situation. Huh? Larger part because a regular in court now, shameless man would be like, ah, what's the Now my wife, waiting my wife gets now here I get. You get a man that doesn't have a typical man that doesn't have shame in court now. I'm not saying it's shame to say 
what your wife own is what you own yeah that is the way it should be but yeah. if man that is typically shameless we say now my wife let me get her now and get the money together so i feel it is shame that would want a man to feel scared about what the society is going to say about the woman having more money but it's still shame that would make him feel like what if she has she, she finds more attention outside because i'm not i'm not satisfied i'm not i'm not um satisfying the house as financially as she is so if there's the place of shame and there's a place of fear as well that would inspire a man's decision to say i don't want you to take up this job because it is way more than i i am telling so yes it is a place of shame and fear yeah basically shame and fear so so what do you add, what do you advise you do to that kind of man i read so this kind of man well it, it, this kind of man really needs a, a strong mind a strong mind renewal <laughs> strong mind renewal first of all <laughs> It's strong mind, you know, first of all, to first of all to know that one. Hmm. In this life, you need money, money, or more money in order to be satisfied, and then you shouldn't be ashamed to <laughs> to embrace opportunities for more income. I mean, the plan for everybody in this country is to increase their earning power so that one way or the other, we can be above the government and probably leave this country for them. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. if you your mindset at this point as the man cannot tell you that you need that money to better your life then i don't know if it's now village people that is in action so we have to renew his mind spiritually as well by praying for the mind of that man to receive the sense of god that you should flourish as our mind and our body flourishes because <laughs> but on a serious note now one it's it comes from the, the man really needs enlightenment he needs to be enlightened about a number of things First of all, that there's really more to life than than um, sitting down on one um, imaginary high stool as the man of the family. Yeah. There's there's more to life than just um, assuming wow. that you you a man is defined by his by his financial capabilities. A man is really not defined by his financial capabilities. You don't you are not supposed to tell a man from a woman based on their finances. I mean, there are other things to measure than finances. So if he's able to come to uh, come to terms with the, with the fact that one is not one way or the other, his manhood or his manship rather is not reducing by twenty percent if he doesn't earn as much as his wife, then that is fine. And then he also needs. I mean, there's a whole lot to consider. He needs to be enlightened. He needs to see the power of money. He needs to be financially literate enough to want to be financially liberated and. Anybody that wants to be financially liberated will go through any go, go to any means aside from you know the biblical ones now that has to do with money rituals and life. But someone that is financially um, literate enough would definitely explore financial options. So yes, the person needs financial education. He needs uh, a normal mind education in order to be able to open his mind to explore possibilities. Um, possibilities. What else does he even need? It is common sense too, Shah, because some things are commonsensical. It is Jesus. Like, even our Jesus, I mean, some of the miracles he performed was more of a multiplication. And this is a, a case, a typical case of multiplying. Your wife, people were formerly in the God decided to multiply people's income by three, triple effects. One point something. That is God in action. You should, you should see Jesus in this. You should <laughs> 
<laughs> you should see Jesus in this multiplier effect because I mean this is multiplication and Jesus performed the number of multiplication miracles yeah. 55,000 um, the wedding at Canaan where we had plenty of wine after, afterwards so everything yeah. like he rises and falls on mentality of mentality so I mean a typical man should presently be thinking about all these societal um, prejudices and biases and see how to break them down and realize that they are actually not helping your life. I mean, first and foremost, if you are married to a person, what you should what should be at the top of your mind is how both of you can synergize together in order to live your best lives together because you have your whole life to live as one. Yeah. And if when there's a situation where you are not really in, um, you are not seeking for ways to better your lives because you feel like your your manship is at stake, it means that you are not looking out for the best in the family as well. And that should be questioned. So, so you mentioned you mentioned a lot of things, right? And I do, I, I do not even want to um, I don't want us to untangle this thing. I think it's just important that this fact, as you have said, it, right, for people to listen and listen again. So you mentioned, however, that um, you know if if you're a man now, both men and women, of course, you know you're planning to get married, you know and. We are, we are trying to beat the status quo you know, and all of these things. There are some shame triggers you know, that you need to start considering now, start looking at, start you know, um, uh, criticizing right now so that when you're in that position, you're able to um, you know, maneuver it, right? You're able to rise above it. So one of them is the, ex- the question I just asked you. What other predominant shame trigger do you, do you think we have in society that affects both genders, especially people that are in relationship, people that are trying to do something for themselves, you know, start up something. Okay, another shame trigger I feel okay. I think I got, I was going through a particular point that I was shared of a group and I mentioned um the fact that you have seventy percent of chefs being male and um what's it called? No, like the top ten um the top ten richest chef in the world they are they are all of the masculine gender and then women who are constantly advised that you must learn how to cook for husband house you think there are children and all that they are nowhere to be found in that uh, statistics and then this is a shame some some females actually feel the shame that of course i've had i've had friends not anymore though because all of us have received enlightenment i've had friends that what that um are always bothered they always bothered about um, what to cook when their boyfriends are coming around and all. Yeah, I didn't have that kind of mentality because even myself, I'm not feeding myself well. That's <laughs> not like that anyway. But females that feel like, hey God, the society is really going to shame me if I cannot cook for my for my husband. If I cannot cook for my husband. And then we see that even with the whole uh, a woman is in the kitchen, thank God that is even gradually being debunked at this as as we speak. But Going by that statistics where we have more men in, in cooking industries than women, and it follows that you shouldn't actually feel shamed. Shamed, like you shouldn't feel shame when, for females now, I'm referring to females now, you shouldn't feel shame whatsoever when people are saying that you don't even know how to cook, you don't know how to cook. Because if I'm going to go by that statistics, I'm like, okay, even guys that, that you are saying, it's not even the guys that you do not tell off that the kitchen is their place. They are doing better in the industry. Why can't you just leave it to those people doing it well? Let them let them man the kitchen in the house too. I should be their men. 
Like, so this kind of shame whereby you feel like you don't have to go. I mean, people so, like, uh, yeah, I know females that are all always um, tensed up when they have their boyfriends coming around because they cannot cook. I'm just saying it's happening. You have to also some things in this life so that you know that you're strong for your time. So, I mean, try to eliminate that kind of shame whereby your, your place is not in the kitchen. Your place is somewhere high, somewhere respectful, somewhere of honor. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and then if you feel like you, you you would do well as a cook, as a female too, and that's where you feel your place is, there's no problem about that. As long as you are not trying to inculcate that kind of shame that you have managed to put upon yourself in others as well. Do your life. Let's let others do their life. What other shame do you have? What other shame? What other shame? I, I don't experience shame in the workplace presently because where I work, we have a, a, a very women-friendly culture. So it's, we don't have a case of uh, more men in, more men than women in, in positions of authority or in the workforce. So uh, we even do a lot of women-only events, a lot of female-based uh, programs and all, you know, that to try to reduce that gap that exists between um, the male and the female in terms of uh, global awareness now. So yes, I don't have anything to say in relation to the workplace. What the last shame? I really cannot start placing, but this thing, this actually why I cannot place it now is basically because they can be subtle, like you would not, most likely not see it as a shame, except you think about it, except you sit down and think about it and say, oh, what exactly is this about? So that's why I cannot even pinpoint anyone, but if any comes to my mind, don't worry, I can just really text you on WhatsApp and say, this is an <laughs> example of shame right here. <laughs> okay. But presently, I can't think of any. You promise that, right? So, um, so for, as regards women now, right? There's this, um, what is it? Um, there's this sort of, is this sort of, you know, I don't know how to place it now. There's this, um, um, what word do I use now? There's this narrative here yeah, where people say stuff like, um, okay. you know, um, if men are making money, right? Maybe they are going out to work, the women, you know, open their laps, you know, for money to come in. You know, that kind of thing like, women um, are for sex you know and you know that's that's a common narrative right but women themselves now seem to be powering that narrative so for instance i think there was a time where men said that they are not going to be giving their money they are being a cargo kind of thing i've forgotten the narrative they were trying to they, they were just, just a joke yes association, right and women came up with Okay, closed labs. Yeah, we're not going to offer I, sex if you're not going to give us I more. Saw the, I saw that. Thing. So, so what do you have to say? To that <laughs> yeah, what do you have to say? Ah, well, first of all, I thank God that I don't have a woman, in, a, a woman in my circle that has that kind of mentality. Because if I have that kind of woman in my, uh, no, 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 it's not possible actually. But really, this goes out to all women. We can do better. We can do better. We can do way better. If you look at statistics, um, statistics of women being great out there, I mean, they didn't they didn't get to that stage. They didn't get to that level because they opened up their laps in order to get to get bigger. You women are not sex objects. No one is a sex object for that matter. I mean, sex is for male and female alike. They enjoy the confines of marriage. 
but sorry, not but so to be enjoyed in the confines of marriage. So sex is not no one is a sex object. I mean, no one is a sex object. So the moment you can see that one, and then I think this comes from a place of when women have sex with men, it feels like they are always saying he had sex with me, not we had sex together. So this is always this comes from a position where women are women want to take the back seat and say it is the man that is responsible. So is the man also since the man is the man, it's also the, it's also the man responsible for the sex. So is the one that 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 that, that had sex when yeah. it's a it's a conceptual affair. Yeah. So this comes from a situation whereby okay people have the mindset that it is the man this is the man that gives sex while the woman does the receiving. Yeah. And well, this is is actually faulty as well because that is for all to enjoy. Yeah, it is not for one gender to give while the other receive. I mean, what is life? Why, why, why would somebody just keep giving and giving at a point? You don't have any to give because you have not been receiving, and so you you don't have enough deposit yourself. So it is a joint effort. And then so about now saying that you want to close your laps because money will not come in. I don't know where your, I don't know where your, <laughs> I don't know where your vagina became a, your savings account. Oh. <laughs> the only place that money is to enter my own account is my savings account, no leg. <laughs> <laughs> but really, women can do better. The fact that one, and this comes from a place of knowing and believing that you are smart enough, you are smart enough to take initiatives, you are smart enough to, to break barriers, you are smart enough, you are intelligent enough to do things that would wow the world and that would cause ground-breaking shifts. So basically, you have to self, first believe that you are smart. I'm, I'm speaking to females now, yeah? You have to believe that you are smart, you are intelligent, you are capable. You are capable. You are capable of, of whatever you set your mind to do. And then the fact that you can actually make as much money with your senses because God actually gave you that sense to maximize and to you know bring make something of it. So the moment you are not using that brain that you're supposed to be using to think and to make money in in the long run, then that means you are not living your life to the fullest. It means that that your the life that you're supposed to use to just enjoy your husband as per we love each other and we are having our companionship you are using that lapse itself to get money when you can use the brain so that means your lapse is doing all the work and your brain is just there dying by day <laughs> so yes let us let us pay attention to all our parts of to parts of our bodies females now and use it as they should be used use your brain to think use your brain to think use your <laughs> use your art to focus on good things on positive on positive kind, good things, you get? And then every other part of your body, just use them as you should use them. Don't misplace the usage of one part of the body for another part of the body because you want to be there. You want to be, you want to also, you want people to say you have money. Make your own money. If you make money by yourself, it is very sweet. Like, I make my money myself and if I'm going to buy anything, I'm like, uh-uh, see the money I suffered making. <laughs> I did not enjoy the suffering while I suffering I went through while making this money, but let me enjoy this money that I have. Like of course people will say your husband's money is sweet. It's a lie. Don't don't subscribe to that. I mean some people have said it jokingly, but really, even in the even in the jokes that we make, yeah. there's always a kind of truth in it. 
So don't follow them and say your husband's money is sweeter than your money. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. So make your money, make your money be financially liberated. Be financially liberated. Don't wait till somebody is your source of income. Don't wait till somebody. <laughs> God is already our source of sufficiency. Pray to God. Make the move. Be active about being diligent and working, and then be intentional. Be intentional about networking. Be intentional about connecting with people that are connecting with good jobs, good people, and then be consistent enough to keep making, to keep you know making use of your knowledge, and then keep growing, and then keep making money. In essence, if you can make your money by yourself, actually, a lot of these things, a lot of these um societal biases, biases that we have. Yeah, true. Yeah, to be this because you don't have to think that I don't have money, so next thing that I'm giving money is that when you have your money, it just reduces drastically, like drastically, drastically. So yes, you should aim for financial independence above all. Okay. Okay. Uh, so so you said all of those to the ladies. What do you have to say to the guys? As you guys. The guys. Oh, oh. Is somebody coming for the next podcast to talk to our lonely guys? <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So to the guys. I have a lot of male friends. Shout out to all of you. Tony, shout out to you. Hey, star boy. Star boy. All of you, star boy. So shout out to all the men <laughs> who are taking proactive steps not to be what the society has made them out to be. Who are already in the awareness that crying doesn't make you feminine and um not liking masculine job like lifting of tire which is hard anyway or any other hard job where they are carrying bricks or blocks as in brick layer work doesn't make you more money shout out to these people that that are that are already seeing light in they're seeing light in the aspect of um leveraging your abilities so to how the men yes i still want to emphasize this leverage your core abilities do not compare do not compare do not give in to those people that try to compare you that try to criticize you destructively do not give room to them because one way or the other the more people say things and the more we listen to them it's able to affect our mindset so yes leverage your own core abilities and this comes from a place of knowing yourself knowing yourself so guys know yourself well know things that you are able to do and aside from knowing things that you're able to do leverage these things that you can do and try to look for um, ways to maximize these abilities in such a way that you are you are master you are master you don't have to you don't have to aim for perfection too yes guys do not you don't have to aim for perfection like perfection is is more or less an illusion because if you say if you are aim if you have a definition of perfection so once you attain that that definition it feels like this is not really so good enough let me go there so perfection is more of a mission so just settle for mastery settle for mastery settle for mastery in such a way that you know that this thing let me get um i can do it wake me up and i'm sleeping let me do it let me like i can do it i can do it i can i am able to do it so yes leverage your abilities and then what else respect all do not accord respect to the females because they are females accord respect to everybody because they are human beings like you don't respect people because of gender don't open the door don't say because yeah because she's a female i'm going to open the door for her and then because he's a guy 
Let him let him use that to enter now. No, I call respect. Respect is reciprocal. Nobody said respect is gender based. Respect yeah. is reciprocal. Yeah. I call respect. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Makes makes a lot of sense. Right. So so um. I, I'm trying to throw all of the gender-based questions that I have had over time to you because I know what you are doing with lady with balls, right? And what you, um, I know your sister too is a champion of this gender, you know, equality and equity, yeah. And um, okay. um, one of the things I see, you know, one of the major issues, shame issues with women, is the fact that <laughs> number one, men or people in the society sees them from the viewpoint of a or they judge them based on womanhood, right? Uh, is this how you are going to do when you get married? Is this how you are going to do when you give birth? If someone, if a lady is successful and she's not married, you know, they will attribute uh, and, um, you know, her uh, being unmarried to the fact that she's successful and she's chasing all of the men, you know, in her life away, right? Um, that is one and another thing which is, is the appearance bit where there's this narrative that a woman is supposed to look in a certain way certain shape you know and there's this a lot of augmentation you know, you need to want to augment you need to want to you know um um so for instance you, you, you are not curvy and you're trying to wear um you know um clothes that would you know give men or the society a false impression of, of your shape you know and all of those other things that people do right what do you have to say about those narratives okay so this um narratives or the, this narrative you mentioned actually true although i must say at this point that narratives like is this how you do when you go to husband house and those kind of things did not actually i didn't know about them really so, Yes, actually, I didn't because I didn't grow up in that kind of setting. Nobody ever told me. I think I've, I've mentioned a, lot, a number of my friends know, know this. Nobody ever told me in my family. None of my parents ever told me that I should do this because of the mm. No one ever did. No one ever. Like while I was growing up, my dad and I will sit down, we'll look at our generator, we'll fix generator. You never so I mean, and in typical households, typical Nigerian households, I mean, what is the, what is the female child looking for in generator, machinery, <laughs> that's supposed to be for men now? Yeah. But no, there are times my dad would tell me, oh, yeah, Jack, motor, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I didn't grow up in that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, how do I put it, setting where, they kind of pamper the females because she's a female and we have to preserve our body for a occur. No, no, if I'm going to drag generator now, my daddy will not tell me, ah, you don't have enough strength because you're a female. My daddy will tell me, ah, all of us are going to use the lights. The lights, they, nobody said light is for male only. Light is for male or female. Electricity is for male or female. Go and drag that chain. So, so, yes, I really did not grow up in that kind of. Um, in the upper setting. Even when we used to, even while growing up, when we had kitchen duties and all, it was never because, I mean, I didn't like, I didn't like cooking while growing up. And my mommy never forced it on me that, okay, um, okay, you have to learn how to cook because of husband house. The only times that maybe she mentioned cooking to me was when 
university was drawing clothes and then she'd be like, ah, there's nobody that will cook for you when you get to your school. So, I mean, it was basically doing something, learning how to do something for yourself first, for yourself first, above any, above any other thing. So, that's, but then it was later on when it began, it began to down on me that a lot of female have such, such faulty, such faulty mindset that can be disgusting actually. That it's, it, and then we started Lady Wobbles then. That's when I started Lady Wobbles. And then we had females. I mean, this is a community of so much women. You have different experiences. So then it came glaring that, oh, this thing is actually a thing. It's, a, it's not even a thing, actually. It is a big thing. So that was when it became more um, obvious that these things happen. And then ever since, we've been trying our best. I mean, I keep talking to females. I've spoken to a number of females and tell them that, see, first of all, do something for yourself in such a way that you're actually proud of yourself. It's not because um, you are doing it for a man to be to please you and to be to be happy about that. You're not yeah. doing it because you want somebody to be happy about you. Of course, there are times that it is it is fine to please people. I mean, you need it because you need their recommendation. Maybe best salesperson i mean there are times that you need recommendations to scale but you shouldn't make that the pivotal um, a pivotal view of your life do things basically for yourself females and male alike don't learn how to don't don't um don't just decide to me myself i would say even the time that i actually have to do exercise i do the exercises when i feel like ah yeah if I had weights, it's me that I would still use my money to buy clothes because this clothes will not size me again. That's my money. Money I'm supposed to use to do something else. But the societal view would be like, if you're going to add weights, it means that you are, you, are, you are drastically reducing the number of men that will be interested in you because of the perceived summer body yeah. or the perceived figure eight yeah. that men want. But, I mean, over time, I've come to realize that this is my life, one. This is not me being self-centered actually, but this is me looking out for myself because no one will look out for yourself as much as you look out for yourself. Yeah. So this is not you. So if you are if you are a plus size, if you are a plus size, please own it. I mean, there's a reason why God created us in different, different, different stature, in different shapes, in different colors. And that's because it's just for the world to be dynamic and for us to have different taste and different experiences so if you are going to if you say you want to lose weight make sure you are losing weight for the right reason don't say you are losing weight because you want your future husband to see you immediately and know that you are his future wife but <laughs> or are you trying to lose weight because um you want to compete with your female best friend so that <laughs> it's not only her that guys will be eyeing so that guys will eye you too <laughs> really as you have, one thing I've realized is the fact that we have our different, unique selling points. <laughs> yeah. So, your unique selling point, discover it. Discover your unique selling point and try to um, maximize it positively. Don't say your unique selling point is your, is your, your well-structured bot now. Okay? And then say that, that is your, that's the only unique selling point that you have. <laughs> and decide to start going all the way in order to please people people. Make sure that whatever it is, it is like a unique selling point. is a selling point that is, that is unique, one, not something that um, 
um, anybody can just have like so don't I don't know how to put it now I don't know how to put it but let me try to realign my thoughts realign my thoughts okay so let me just go back to the exercise one so if you're going to keep fit keeping fit you should keep fit because it is good to keep fit not you keeping fit because you are trying to target us back because the thing is more times than um, many times than one it is how we decide to see our bodies is the way others will see our bodies so if you keep living with the mindset that oh, my body is saggy i'm not as fine as i should be that's when you keep getting that kind of um, reaction from people that your body is saggy yeah. but if you're able to live it because i've seen i've seen people that women that are plus size and they keep championing the big bold and beautiful narrative and they look so awesome with it that you don't even feel like these people are heavyweights, really. So it is more about how you are able to channel whatever it is that you have as your own personal self. Instead of comparing yourself, don't compare yourself with others. You're just destroying yourself, basically. Don't compare yourself with others. Body-wise, brain-wise, I mean, while we were talking about the, um, the, at the initial, stages, um, initial stage of our podcast, you mentioned the fact that you already realized that you were not so aligned with um, with uh, book smartness in relation to reading, reading and carrying first and the likes. And this is one thing I think a lot of people need to know as well. People, you don't, don't compare yourself. Identify your strengths. Yes, identify your strengths. Don't just do SWOT analysis for business alone. Do personal SWOT analysis. Do SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and uh, threats. Do SWOT analysis for yourself in such a way you, that you can identify things that you need to improve on and things that you're already working on, find that you need to champion. So don't just say, okay, this person is doing this, I should do this as well. No. I mean, don't copy. Don't don't copy. You don't have to copy. You are you are your own original, you are the original version of yourself. Don't be an upgraded version of someone else. Because you can't even be an upgraded version of someone else. At most you just be a, a photocopy that is colored. You won't be an upgraded version of anybody. So don't don't aim to be like somebody. Aim to be your best self. Always. Always and always. Uh, I think I was moved on from the question that you asked for. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. That's why, why I expected it. <laughs> so, so I, I was just trying to, you know, we're, we're talking about you know the narrative, you know, how women are judged by motherhood, you know, how um, um, and uh, um, how they their parents also. You know, takes a lot of shame, lashback, where if you are not looking in a particular way, if you have figure eight, you know, you are not figure one, I don't know how to call it. You are not, you are not ascribed as, you know, woman enough. Okay. Right, so, so that was, that was the, that was the discussion. And I think you, you, you answered most of it, you know, like, what you said right now, right? So, okay, yes, I think I, 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 I mentioned being your best self. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a lot of things actually. So, because I, I don't want to unpack them, there are, there are just a lot of things I will not, will not leave here today, right? So, I'll just leave it like that, Andy. Yeah, so the, for men, right, our issue is that we've learned not to cry, you know, like you mentioned earlier on. We've learned that we should be strong, you know, because we are the one that will provide for the family. We should not be emotional. We should not show our weakness and all of those things. What do you have to say about it? 
I was in stockic. I remember while I was in school, I did like for zero, really yeah, it was for zero five. Yeah. Talked about feminism, masculinity, and all those features that had to do with the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. So about this, hmm. dear men, <laughs> <laughs> dear men, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we celebrate your efforts. We celebrate your baby steps and your giant strides as well. But really, do not. Do not let society get the better of you. Do not let society get the, get the better of you. You have emotions for a reason. God did not just implant emotions in human. If it was not necessary for, for emotions, for men to have emotions, I'm sure God did not add that hormone to men. But I mean, you can actually feel emotions because God already added it to it. So why not just maximize every feature that God has given you? Not just the emotional when it comes to uh, watching football and shouting, go, go, go. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of emotion so i don't understand it is double standards if you show emotions for footballers and you don't show emotions for your loved ones it is double standards jamie knows now i don't have to inform you and you know nobody wants to live a double standard life so yes hmm? if you can feel emotion for one thing and you are saying it's wrong to feel emotion for the other then i feel it is not going to make any sense and then if you can laugh i see no reason why you should not cry because, I mean, let me just quickly go to the book of Ecclesiastes now, where it's mentioned there's a time, there's a season for everything. There's a time to laugh, there's a time to cry, there's a time to, to be born, there's a time to die. I mean, that's to say that for everything, like, these things that we have in life, are, we have, like, opposite of everything to create a sort of balance. The same way death is a balance to life, because you cannot remain alive forever. It's the same way, um, well, a, a silver lining can be the balance to a cloud, like to clouds. So it's it just falls on us to, to strike that balance, to strike that balance and not try to be forming one boss that is not boss. I mean, if you want, I would never, definitely, if my son, when I have a son, I don't have one now. When my, if my son wants to cry, he's going to cry. He's going to cry because I mean, they say crying even has therapeutic effects. Why should you give yourself a potential? Because you don't want to cry. <laughs> of course, me, for instance, I would definitely not want to be crying in the public because of the kind of emotions, the kind of um, reactions people say, oh, you know, I don't cry now. I don't cry. I understand that if that is the reason why I would not to, if my son says he doesn't want to cry in the public because he doesn't want the public sympathy. But but because he don't want to cry, uh, because the Strong. public say tears is for, you know, if tears yeah. is not for, if tears is not for men, why exactly do we have why, why exactly do men also have the capability to cry? We should think about all these things. Because if it is not something, if it was not the same way, I mean, those things that are not necessary for men, God decided not to put it in men. Yeah. I mean, men do not have to be dead, so they don't have a womb. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that is... But for other things that you know that you can have it, you, you can do it, then it follows that, I mean, you are short-changing yourself if you decide to say it is for one gender. Because there's no... There's no, um, nobody was even given a life book, a life manual welcoming to it that says, this is the way you should live your life. This is a man, don't cry. Men do not cry. Of course, I've seen one Facebook book. I mean, our academic, um, our academic system, our educational body, they need to do better. Their curriculum is work. I didn't really notice all this in going on, but now that I'm writing, I see that some of the curriculums are just useless and foolish. I mean, I read one book. I think it's one Facebook, English Facebook. I can't remember. 
it's been a while i think sometime last year and then they put the men do not men do not cry Abi, ah, ah, i can't remember how they put it they put characteristics of male and female like they were juxtaposing men and female male and female and then they were like men do not cry because they are the fathers of the house then women like to mm. cry because they are girls ah, oh when i read that <laughs> thing i was all sparking i'm like ah, ah. remove your eyes now if you don't want to cry like i mean <laughs> one of the functions for the eyes is to cry abi now so i mean like i, I think i mentioned earlier that you should maximize every part of your body this goes to men so maximize every part of your body your eyes can be used for crying use it to cry they are therapeutic effects on crying now this is me I'm, i'm i'm trying to you know say all these things in a laid-back manner in a relaxed form so it doesn't feel as if i'm pushing my ideas to you or pushing my thoughts to you but in all sincerity now Yeah. Societal um views, societal views uh at the moment are not designed to, to make you better. They are not designed to make you happy. So if what makes you happy is to damn all societal views, if what makes you satisfied in life is for you to live your best life, not yeah. thinking about what people have to say, what the society has to say, then you'll be fine like just do yourself be you maximize i mean it's not it doesn't make any sense for you to say emotions are for females if emotions are for females then i think females should be the one getting married to, to each other i mean because you need emotions to get married to now yeah. aside from aside from child marriage which we are still we are still working on and we are going to ensure that that kind of nonsense stops in this country Yeah. because i mean for children that get married it's not their emotions i mean their, their emotions are not considered i mean their life their lives are not even considered but you need emotions to get married actually so if you are saying emotions men shouldn't be emotional it doesn't make sense actually i'm just saying i'm just thinking about it and it doesn't make sense because i mean as human beings we, are, we have our makeup is emotional spiritual ecological physiological biological if you are going to ignore one it's definitely going to affect the others and yeah. that's not going to be good for you that is you not living your best life so really emotions are good if they are, i mean emotions everything in life is relative actually everything is life in, in life is relative so emotions are good so far you are able to build your emotions positively so far you're not able you're not about to let your emotions get the better of you yeah the way that you are not you are not being you are not living your best life really so it cleans everything in life is uh, in your banner you want to watch it <laughs> yes so really societal construct i mean for once just think about it and say well let society hold their thoughts let me hold my thoughts as a full as human that i am and you know, if you are able to damn societal views and all that i think you're on your way to living your full life so yes, show how the emotions you can you love it you're not complaining i'm speaking on behalf of the female except for the few women that used to complain though but those ones just consider it that they are one of the those people that are affected by society they are still facing shame but yeah. you don't face shame don't face societal shame embrace your emotions embrace everything that makes you you and be proud of yourself irrespective of what happens and that's all i have to say to the man yeah so uh one one person one other person question i wanted to ask or i want to ask is um you came with the question <laughs> <laughs> you didn't prepare me for this <laughs> i came with the question but i think you never to be caught on fresh i'm listening <laughs> so
So um, in, in, in ladies with boys, right, in your community, uh, what okay. are the most common shame experiences that they share? You know, what, what are the most common shame experiences that you encounter you know, in one of the community managers? One of the shame factors or one of the shame features that we have currently okay. revolves majorly around, uh, say, relationships. Let me just now it down to relationships now. Like, what would the what would the opposite gender say about what I am doing or something? Or how can I live my full life? How can I make more money and not be a challenge to to men? Or to people because at least there are females. I have a, I have some. There's someone in the community that shared with me recently that apparently they're like, what? They're like, can you hear me? Yeah. Apparently, were like, irrespective of what she's doing, sir, that she should just make sure that she's not showing a layer of pomposity because she has money, so that she will see good husband to marry. And this is because I mean she has had relationship issues, so it's. So her parents felt like maybe because she has her money, that's why it feels like she has not landed the dream guy. So we have situations like this where female come up to talk about shame issues in relation to the opposite sex, like in relation to men or boys. Yes, or boys. So yeah, this is one of those narratives that we are we face regularly and we try to give our input and say about a situation where your parents are telling you that you should do so, so, so because of marriage. I mean, you should be able to speak to them politely. And um, yes, politely and let them know that there is more to life than, than marriage. There's more to life than pleasing anybody, especially the opposite sex. So yes, we've had that. What other, what other um, shame perspective do we have? That, like I said, it revolves around relationship. We have shame perspective too in the workplace. In the workplace, there are females that have shared their their shame experiences. Where they, I think there was one person that had that was she studied. I think she's a farmer, and then when she wanted to join a particular company for a farming company like that, she and I think she's a petite person. She's a petite person. She had to face the shame of people saying this one cannot be hardworking. What can she offer with this tiny body in a male-dominated? Yes. Um, industry like agriculture so yes we have shame in the workplace to battle with people as well so what other shame so shame in the workplace shame, shame what, what, what about what about shame in terms of i was expecting to yes like shame in terms of building in public in terms of building in public yes like you know building a personal brand brand rather you know and shame showing up every day you that shame of what we people think, what we people say about my work. You don't get to, you don't get to. Yes, actually, we get that kind of shame in relation to, actually, I didn't mention that because it didn't work out to me. But now thinking about it is more of shame. Because there are different They're taking times me from me, from me. No, don't limit it to gender perspective. Now I want to look at it um, broadly, right? So you're, you're saying something okay. about this current shame. Yes, in relation to how much you are worth, there was a particular time that someone was like, ah, she wants, she just got a client. She what? She's into freelance writing. She, she just, just got, got a what? client. She just got a client. 
a client, a client, 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 customer. <laughs> How do I put it? Client, yeah. So she's into freelance writing and then she was like, she really did not know how to charge because she doesn't know how much is too much and how much is too small. And then, I mean, that shame is always there because I think at the point somebody mentioned one high price and then she was like, ah, is that not too much? And then someone was like, ah, I was once like that too, like gradually, gradually. I was able to start charging for my time, for my brain. So someone was asking her, which I know was a question that was that is really difficult for her to, to answer at that point. Someone was asking her, how much is your time worth? How much is your energy worth? How much is your everything worth? And I'm like, this one is too much for one person to answer. Like to start, she'll start calculating in terms of, okay, my time now, two hours of my time is worth. I mean, especially as it, as it is relative. So somebody was mentioning how she should uh, measure her worth because I think the person felt that if the person can come from the angle of ah, knowing that our time is precious, our energy is precious, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, skills are yeah. precious to so be able to, to um, overlook every kind of um, syndrome that yeah. says she's not, she's not capable. She's not yeah. capable. So yes, we have that situation to, to battle with because People, yeah, people, a lot of people are not doing things primarily because they feel the shame that what if the society doesn't even buy into this? What if the society doesn't buy into this? So what if what if I I look like a fool because they find someone else doing something better and compare me with the person? So and three, what if I don't even what if <laughs> like they're really different uh, what's it called? Shame factors that yeah. comes with um, building your personal brand. Yeah. Building your personal brand because you feel like, hey, there are a whole lot of people. So it means that people are going to either like me or not like me. And then those people that do not like, those people that like me, it's either they continue to like me or they do not like me at a point. And those people that continue to like me, it's either they begin to control me <laughs> or they do not. So, <laughs> so really, this life eh, is a continuum of. Shame, 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 shame factors. Mm-hmm. And well, all lies on us to be able to um, stand up and speak against shame. And that, yes. is, and that comes from a place of us knowing that this is what is causing the shame and fighting it. Thank you very much for you for telling me some of the challenges that go on in, in Buddhist balls in respect to shame. Right. So I also want you to tell me how, how how do you how do you guys find a way to you know, manage all of these situations? What's what do you guys do, you know, actively so that people that are not opportune to be in the community can also, you know, and are listening to us can also try to implement some of this. Uh occasionally we have we run campaigns a lot. I mean, if you follow Lady Balls, you know we run campaigns. Yeah. Currently, we're even running a present campaign in relation to this IWD 2021. And this one is a Choose to Challenge series where females are, females are like, yeah, they've been f- females and different females, male, um, male and female, um, females, both um, lady robots and non members of the, okay. um, of the body, they Let come up see. with their stories, personal stories they've had in, in their lives in relation to the kind of um, limitations they've had. And how they choose, how they want to choose to challenge that norm. So, I mean, from this, the essence of this 
campaign that we are currently running, this just challenge um, campaign that we're running is for females to know that they're actually not, they're not alone. And two, they can actually fight them and choose to challenge them because they are not supposed to be. So yes, we run like, we run things like that. I mean, there was a time we also ran a strongest she challenge, a strongest she challenge, this one covered, covered all aspects of female life. So people came up with stories where they were formerly they were formerly weak and then they were able to derive strength from a particular thing. Different stories, like that was the strongest she, that was the idea behind the strongest she campaign. Which other one? We run a lot of campaigns, actually. Okay. We run okay. quite a lot of um, campaigns. For the money gang itself, I think there was a time we had a general, um, <clears throat> a general, um, series this was a three-day series and this one was for us to basically let me just borrow the challenge word this was for us to challenge our financial culture and this one covered teachings from different financial um backgrounds from different financial backgrounds savings investments i think insurance too yeah, no, no, we didn't explain sure. Saving and investment, basically. So, I mean, so we, we do this occasionally based on perceived needs and part-time. We can't do this every day because all of us, we, aside from the gang, aside from Lady with Balls, we have our other commitments and the likes, but when we are going to run a campaign, we go all the way to run them. Like this choose to challenge now. People sending stories. They can, you can choose to remain anonymous if you are scared of what people say when I put this out. So you can choose to remain anonymous. So not all stories. Uh, have the, the the tellers or the the primary um, um, subject matter. Some stories are anonymous, but nonetheless, it still it still um, it still focuses on things that we need to challenge mm -hmm. and things that we need to do better. So that's the on, um, the current campaign we are currently running on. Choose to challenge twenty twenty one. Thank you very much. You've said a whole lot, right? And uh, well, I have so many other questions to ask you, right? I we can come some other time. Maybe we'll do part two. <laughs> so I'm considering that, right? So you have a sequel to this. But um, thank you very much for coming. Eh? Yeah, I'm really glad to be here as well. Yeah. So so before I let you go, I want you to say your final words. What did you say? I said before I let you go, I want you to say your final words. Okay, you want me to say my final words? Yes, about shape, how you think, what you think people should you know, prioritize. All right. Okay, so everybody, shame is a thing. Shame is a thing. But shame is whatever we make of it. If you choose to see shame as something negative and remain down as a result, that is your choice. If you, see, if you choose to see shame as something that should be noted and then what, it is still your choice. So shame at the end of the day is a choice that you have to make actively. Like there's no sitting on the fence when it comes to shame. You either accept it or you reject it. And then in order to, in order to accept shame or in order to reject shame, you need to work on a very high level of self-awareness, a high level of self-confidence, and a very, very interesting level of self-growth. So yes, your self-awareness is necessary. Self-confidence is very important. And self-growth is, is, is vital in, in order to 
to fight shame, yes, in order to fight shame. And I believe that our, our century is one that actually gives room for more men to speak, more women to speak as well. So it's the honest lies in you to, to challenge shame, yes, challenge shame and try to look for a way to defeat shame because the idea remains that we all should win together. So yeah, keep seeking for ways to win, keep seeking for ways to get better. Yeah, keep seeking ways to, I mean, remain wholesome irrespective of everything. Um, it was really nice being, sharing my views in this podcast. I, it, was, it was really nice. I, I feel like that just left me, but... <laughs> 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 but yes, it was really awesome, and I really do hope that we can pick one or one or two things. I mean, you don't have to pick everything I've said so far, but if we can pick one and stay true to it, at least I'm glad that Tony was able to ask questions for male and female alike. So it doesn't like it's not like it's a streamlined to the females, and it feels like I only love females. I love everybody, male and female alike. One love, one love. <laughs> All, <Nice>. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to this point. Thank you double, double, double much if you choose to listen again. And you are just the best if you share this podcast to as many people as possible. Thank you so much, Tony, for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So Tony is always very dramatic. And like I said, like we discussed, she's, she's full of making people laugh. And I think you must have loved it. One, two, three times during this <laughs> Thank you very much, Boy. I, I personally learned a lot. I'm sure people mm. listening to us. I look forward to seeing you another time. Right? Yeah, me too. me too. I also look forward to going to listen this, to this podcast when it is out. So that means I'll be writing, learning for myself, 101. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, bye. Okay, bye everybody. Bye, Tony. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do not forget to like, do not forget to share, do not forget to comment, do not forget to, you know, start a discussion about it in your circle. The idea behind the Shameless podcast is to get people talking about shape for you cannot shame the shameless. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.